0: You're listening to CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary, Alberta, broadcasting from the traditional territories of the Blackfoot and the people of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta, which includes the Siksika, the Bikuni, the Kainai, the Tsutina, and the Stony Nakoda First Nations. The city of Calgary is also home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3.
1: Ooh, mm, mm. From Bam and Daddy, Do not me. Amanecer, pero hay cosas bonitas agradecer. Llevo por dentro, pero no todo. Quiero y de todo. Solo quiero luz que mi paz mental no sea un tabú. El que se fue que se vaya y lo bendiga allá. Solo necesito un break. Un break para mi corazón, Cause you see people. Did check on me? Did you, you notice me? me? I've been dreaming.
2: Welcome to 90.9 FM CJSW. My name is Ali Samji, the former and 80th Vice President Operations and Finance of the University of Calgary Student Union. Uh, and today I'm joined by...
3: Nicole Schmidt, your former University of Calgary Students Union president. I think that's the first time I've said that out loud. That sounds weird to say now.
2: Um, But yes, thank you so much, Ali. I'm just going to introduce the song before I forget, like I always do. Go for it. Um, So we just listened to People by LaBianca uh, featuring Becky G, which is an amazing kind of collaboration. Um, Regardless, I will now take my backseat for the rest of the episode while Nicole takes it away.
3: Perfect. Thank you so much, Ali. Um, So yes, good morning and welcome everyone to SU Weekly, where we talk about everything going on at the University of Calgary Students' Union. Um, So as Ali just introduced himself, um, my name is Nicole Schmidt and I'm your former Students' Union President. This is actually the final CJSW show that myself and Ali will be hosting. Um, So next week we'll be handing it over to your 81st SLC executives, so we're very excited to do that. Um, But as they are under going transition and orientation currently. Myself and Allie are back for one final week this week. Um, But to jump into the show today. So in case you didn't know, there is an Alberta provincial election coming up in less than two months. Albertans will head to the polls on May 29th to select a new provincial government. Since 2019, post-secondary education has become less and less affordable. The average student is paying 33% more than they did in 2019 or about $1,200 more a year. The problem is that despite paying more, students are getting less. And like everyone else, they're feeling the rising costs of other goods and services. Students especially can't afford to sit out this election. Too often voters don't know, uh, don't get to know the local candidates running in their constituency. So to do our part, we've reached out to candidates running in several Calgary ridings, primarily those with large student and youth populations, to have them talk about their background and their takes on post-secondary issues. So if you're a provincial election candidate and you would like to come on CJSW and SU Weekly to chat, we would love to have you on. So please reach out to the Students' Union. But today we will be speaking with two candidates running in this provincial election. So with that, I am thrilled to welcome today's first guest. So running in Calgary, Buffalo for the Green Party of Alberta is Jonathan Parks, Jonathan is the Green Party of Alberta's 2S LGBTQ plus issues critic, bringing his experience working in the nonprofit sector and active involvement in the secular, social and environmental justice movement to the table. So without further delay, I would like to welcome the Green Party of Alberta candidate for Calgary Buffalo, Jonathan Parks, to the show. So welcome, Jonathan, and good morning.
4: Good morning. Thank you so much for having me be here today. It's uh, exciting to join you all.
3: Of course. No, happy to have you on. And I actually think, uh, I believe you're our first uh, first Green Party candidate uh, on our show. So we're very excited to have you on with us this week. Amazing. Um, so to jump right into things uh, for our first question. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how your experiences have impacted your decision to embark as a candidate in this election?
4: Well, absolutely. So my name is Jonathan Parks, and my pronouns are he and him. And uh, as you know, I'm running uh, to be the next MLA of Calgary Buffalo with Jordan Wilkie's Green Party of Alberta. Uh, This will be actually my first time running in any type of uh, election, so I'm very excited to be here with you all this morning uh, on Treaty 7 territory. Uh, I uh, didn't expect to jump into... uh, uh, politics at all, uh, although I did have a brief little stint uh, with the um, the NDP in Edgemont, uh, the Edgemont writing a few years ago. And uh, so, you know, I worked, as you know, a lot in the nonprofit sector, and those are people that are kind of the in-between. So they get a chance to work directly with people who are, you know, struggling in different areas. Uh, mine specifically was uh, for homelessness and, and non-religious rights and, 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 uh, and some minor vi- environmentalism. So these were some very strong passions of mine. Uh, and then you have to go back as a middle person to the government and pound heavy on the door uh, to uh, get them to change and uh, policy and hear you out and really focus on the needs of uh, of the people that you're representing. So that was really hard, and uh, it was frustrating because a lot of times, uh, you know, people in the nonprofit sector get nowhere, and they experience burnout, you know, and then when things get worse, uh, the needs become extraordinary, and it becomes too hard to maintain, and a lot of people drop out, so there's a huge turnover rate. In, uh, in the nonprofit sector and across uh, many different industries. So, um, you know, uh, there was a lot of things that I really cared about, especially when it comes to public education. That was something very huge on my heart. Uh, we uh, split our education budget in so many different ways. We have many tiers. I think it's close to 16 tiers of education that we divide our education budget into, and it's killing public education. Um, you know, the uh, from kindergarten to grade 12 and, and even beyond. So uh, my passion really was about, uh, let's let's bring it together. Let's merge it. Let's, you know, um, fund public education really well. And, uh, you know, that's what jumped me into uh, the NDP at that time. And, and they were really, yeah, yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. But it, it went nowhere. Uh, and I got, you know, uh, disappointed. And I've... I've run into so many like-minded people. So I kind of just became politically abandoned for a while. I didn't have anywhere to go, drop my vote or my heart and get involved. But uh, someone from my, uh, my network said, why don't you reach out to the Green Party of Alberta? You should really connect with them because it's part of their policy. I'm like, Really? Okay, cool. So uh, I reached out to them, and Jordan Wilkie got back to me, and I was super excited to uh, hear his vision for uh, Alberta uh, students from you know elementary, you know secondary, post secondary, and I said, "Yeah, let's." Where do I sign? Like we've been needing this, you know, forever, and uh, so I I got involved, and I've been loving the ride ever since.
3: That's fantastic. And uh, just to clarify, was that K-12 education that you were sort of looking at, or was that more post-secondary?
4: It it, it was a broad spectrum. So it started, my heart started off with, uh, because at one time I actually wanted to be an elementary school teacher, and then I wanted to be a high school teacher. And then as I just got more involved, that was my originally direct route. Uh, And then eventually I wanted to get into post-secondary, and then life changed so dramatically. So my heart really is from you know, uh, early elementary all the way to post-secondary. So it's been a huge focus of mine.
3: That's fantastic. And I know we've had a few candidates on the show uh, the past few weeks, and we've had conversations about this, but a lot of candidates seem to get their start in education, whether it's, you know, post-secondary and getting their post-secondary degrees and then being profs or even K-12 to and teaching students. So um, that's really, really interesting to hear as well. Um, so I guess to jump into our next question, so what made you decide to run for the party that you chose? So in this case, the Green Party
4: yeah you know i'm I'm very progressive um, you know I, I've evolved over time I was you know very conservative at one time I uh, came from a you know heavy conservative background and uh, as I just began to you know uh, get to know myself better uh, and to you know, that helped me change my worldview as looking in it helped me look out even better. And uh, as I continue to, you know, I'm originally from Ontario and I was living in Toronto for a really long time and then I moved to New- Saskatchewan and my life really changed when I moved there and and uh, it, I, I really just... Things just really started to change in my life. And I was very, you know, happy with the direction. I was feeling really good. And I'm like, where do I kind of, you know, I don't align with uh, my old political views anymore. So, you know, that's kind of where I started looking um, more NDP at the time. And then when I got to Alberta, you know, um, and trying to get involved, I just was hitting roadblocks. I'm like, I guess I'm way more progressive than even for the NDP. And uh, so when I, I, I got to know Jordan Wilkie and the Green Party of Alberta, I started like, okay, I need to get involved in this policy committee. I need to see what's going on, and uh, all the, the checks just started going, uh, you know, in, and the green lights were going up, and I was really excited. So, um, you know, they were. Jordan Wilkie's been doing a phenomenal job at rebuilding the party, and he asked me to get involved even more. I'm a two feet in type of person, so I, you know, the minute I I, I knock on the door and someone opens, if I'm falling in love with what I'm seeing and hearing in the vision, then I I want to get completely involved. That's just my like myself, and so. Um, I, you know, quickly got involved in the executive level. Uh, became the interim vice president, uh, and then the two SL issue, two uh, SLGBTQ issues critic. And uh, I really love, and I live uh, in Eau Claire. Uh, it's a beautiful little area, and I know a lot of the nonprofits that are in that area, and all the work that needs to get done, and and the things that I've been already doing and advocating while while in that area. And I just haven't seen, and, and you know, I haven't seen any changes that need to happen. And uh, so I, I was just like, I, yeah, I want to run in this area. And they were like, 100%, let's, let's get you going. Uh, so that's how I became the candidate for. Uh, at the time, uh, we had another candidate. Her name is Heather. And uh, she ran in the riding, I think, once. But then she uh, moved into Red Deer and is running there. So the riding came open for me. And I was like, yeah. Let's let's put this jacket on. I love it.
3: That's fantastic, and I know it's always nice when you you know have a a more extended history in the riding. You know, knowing some of the nonprofits there and growing up there or spending time there, um, that's that's really great to hear. So um, before we jump into some more post secondary specific questions, so one more sort of general Alberta question for you. Um, so what do you view as the greatest strength and the greatest challenge that Albertans are facing going into this election?
4: Yeah, uh Albertans are resilient. Uh they've come through so much over the last while, you know, the pandemic hit so hard on so many people and we know that mental health is has been, you know, extraordinary for a lot of people. They're they're really dealing with a lot. Um there's a lot of affordability issues that are happening and 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 people are just, you know, they have a heart of belief that you know, things will get better and they're going to, they, they push. And I see that. I see that in my, you know, work in the nonprofit. I, I see that, uh, you know, talking to people at my job because uh, I work full time outside of what I'm doing. And it excites me. My friends that have been living here, that grew up here. Uh, so Albert uh, Albertans are resilient and they're tough. And they're hardworking, and they have a heart of gold, and a vision that's beyond what most people really. When they when they find out, it, it's kind of shocking. A lot of people think we're the the Texas of Canada here, but we have some amazing people that uh, have a, a beautiful and extraordinary vision for this province. I think our struggles come into play when we mismanage our you know our amazing resources. And I know Albertans see that. And there, you know, we had a, a you know a premier way back in, in the day, his name was Peter Lockheed, and he had an extraordinary vision for the resources in this uh, in this province. Um, and, and it's very similar to Norway, for example, that what's happening, the amazing things happening there. And uh, what we've seen over the last, you know, number of decades is just a mismanagement of the resources that we have and Albertans are not getting their fair share. So I, I know that there's, there's so much struggling and, and I think they're just waiting, you know, for the, an ethical, uh, accountable leader to step up to the plate, to take responsibility, you know, and to handle ethically the stuff that, we, you know, the resources that we have to make life better for everybody. And uh, so those are the two things that I see.
3: Absolutely. No, and I think that that's um, that's very applicable to, I think, a lot of the challenges that Albertans are facing going into this election, but especially students. So we're going to jump into some post-secondary specific questions next. Um, So this is one that I've been asking all of the candidates that um, we've been having on our show. But one of the biggest issues and the biggest challenges for post-secondary students in Alberta Um, has been tuition increases, especially Mm -hmm. at the University of Calgary and the University of Alberta. So to provide a little bit of background, so post-secondary students in Alberta are facing significant challenges with regards to affordability. So tuition increases have put additional financial pressures on students, with a 33% increase since 2019. Despite the 2% cap on tuition increases announced by the UCP, which will begin in the 2024-2025 to academic year, students are already facing tough situations regarding financial pressures due to tuition hikes. Many students are being forced to sacrifice their basic needs because of these financial stressors. So my question for you is, what will you do to lessen these financial pressures if you're elected um, and support students at a time when they need it most?
4: Well, absolutely. Um, so Jordan Wilkie, the our party leader for the Green Party of Alberta, uh, is campaigning on free tuition. And that's an extraordinary you know, campaign promise. And, uh, but that's something that we believe is very much possible. We understand that, you know, there's extraordinary high tuition fees. Uh, students are, are carrying the burden of extraordinary debt. Uh, there's a lack of funding for student aid programs, lim- limited access to mental health resources. You know, there's so much going, you know, on even with limited job opportunities when they graduate. And so that debt, you know, that, that number, that dollar sign, uh, is such a barrier for, uh, our students, uh, you know, potential students, current students, and, and students who graduate. So, uh, you know, uh, Jordan Wilkie has been very vocal in our entire Green Party, including myself, on, you know, free tuition, and we do believe it's possible. Uh, we also are looking at uh, c- complete loan forgiveness for tuition. Uh, we also want to institute a basic income for students uh, over the age of 18. Uh, we are campaigning on free mental health care for students, rent caps and affordability, uh, so th- those are things too that a lot of people don't take into play a lot of, you know there's quite a- often so many students that don't live on campus and so they want to rent and our rent is is crazy right now so we're the only party that are campaigning on a rent cap uh, and, and increasing and expediting the funding for affordable housing. And we're also promising, you know, uh, to look and to implement uh, guaranteed jobs. So, you know, providing undergraduate post-secondary uh, education free for all citizens uh, of Alberta and, and permanent residents. So, you know, our commitment is to making post-secondary education accessible and affordable for all citizens and permanent uh, residents. So free undergraduate education, and that would remove the financial barrier that prevents uh, a lot of our students from pursuing higher education. Um, You know, providing free education would benefit individuals and the province as a whole uh, for creating a uh, skilled and educated workforce and contributing to our economic growth as a province as a whole. Uh, So it it would obviously uh, uh, you know, have significant government investment, but the government needs to be investing in post secondary education. you know when we put our students first and it doesn 't matter if it 's from kindergarten to all the way to the end of post secondary uh, the entire province, even our country succeeds and prospers so to to not do that is extraordinary and anyone that doesn 't want to put forward you know uh, you know uh, a, a bill like this is I would challenge them on that because it is possible to do that and and uh, we believe we can
3: absolutely and no that's um that's really important for students to take note of. I think headed into the selection because. Um, so much of the time students look at the tuition increases and obviously those in and of themselves are you know immense and those do have financial impacts but uh, something that we've really wanted um, other candidates running this election to take into account is you know other cost of living factors like housing and the cost of groceries and you know transportation and making those things also more affordable for students.
4: Hundred percent. So
3: just to elaborate on one of the points actually that you mentioned um, I know that you've uh, spoken in the past and also this is part of your platform, but um, speaking about universal basic income as a priority. Um, So I'm just curious, you know, how you would see this implemented and what sort of potential impacts this could have for not only Albertans, but also for students.
4: For sure. So basic income for... You know, Albertan students over 18 ensures, you know, financial support for, you know, pursuing educational goals. Uh, students from low-income families struggle to cover the cost of tuition, textbooks, and living expenses. Uh, basic income levels, uh, the, and it levels the playing field and reduces the financial stress of allowing students uh, to focus on their studies. So it, it would be very easy for the government to roll that out. we seen during, you know, COVID, uh, the federal government rolled out CERB. And we saw how that lifted up Canadians, and so rolling out a like-minded program, we've we've seen it rolled out in many places across uh, Canada, and it being very successful. So the format's already there; we just need to fund it and and uh, implement it. And so uh, funding it would be super easy. Um, we're not making uh, half of what we should be making through our royalty rates with the oil sands. Uh, you know that 's something that I mentioned earlier with Peter Lockheed. Uh if we were to increase our royalty rates, which was a discussion uh, you know within the last election, the NDP had put a, together a panel on that and decided to you know veto it but if we if we did that, uh, we would be taking um, better care of our our province and our students, and the effects that it would have the positive effects that students would experience, and the entire province as a result would be uh, extraordinary. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's something that we really need to do. I think it's time, you know, when, when 50, over 50% of our population in Alberta are living paycheck to paycheck. How can we afford post-secondary education? So it's time that we, you know, we have huge problems. Uh, for some people, this is a huge ask. But with responsible government doing what's right for the province and the people and utilizing the resources that we have, this is nothing. This is easy. But, you know, people have the power in government to do that right now. But what we're experiencing is a lack of the will to look after the people, which what we've been entrusted to do as a government.
3: Absolutely. and know that's that's great to hear um, sort of your plans for for implementing that and looking, I think, long term as to, you know, how to better support not only students, but also Albertans more generally. So. Um, That's really good to hear. And I know uh, another big part of your platform is obviously um, protecting minority groups. And obviously, uh, you mentioned in your introduction that you are the 2 LGBTQ plus issues critic. Um, So my next question for you is what will you do to protect students of minority groups such as LGBTQIA plus community who often experience exacerbated mental health challenges uh, housing insecurity and higher rates of violence towards them. So what do you sort of have planned there to support those student groups?
4: Absolutely. Well, I think a lot of that starts off in, in a lot of ways with uh, changing our curriculum and our uh, you know, elementary and um, high school uh, curriculum that we have a draft curriculum right now that we need to veto and get rid of. It doesn't include the 2SLGBTQ community at all. And so a lot of our students have, are having to learn secondary sources You know, whether through parents or you know uh, materials that they can get their hands on, and we everyone should find themselves in the curriculum. And so, I I, growing up, I was closeted up until you know I turned thirty, and I came out because I was you know. uh, And and when I came out, I I was just like, you know what, I'm I'm just going to flick the switch and make this happen because I need to embrace myself, and that it put so much strain on my entire life and. You know, students are still experiencing that even in 2023. So we need to go back to the curriculum and our educations, you know, public education, and and start implementing, you know, history and uh, biology and sex ed and update it. You know, this isn't 1950 anymore. This is 2023. So, you know, we're we're living in much more educated times, and our education system needs to uh, uh, you know reflect that. and you know, so we also need to um, ensure that we have GSAs across in all of our schools. Um, it would also help, you know, with mental health when we have, because uh, a lot of, you know, students are, you know, they, they leave home. They Students who are 2SLGBTQ, when they come out and self-identify and, and embracing themselves, their, their social circles or their family circles do not support them. So then they have to find other means of housing. Well, how can they do that when we have an affordable housing, you know, uh, era and our affordable housing stock has been depleted, which is a policy failure decades in the, in the making from previous past, both previous governments. So we need to there's, – there's so many steps that need to go into place um, as, as well as instituting the UBI, so the universal basic income. That would have income security, which is a huge issue for mental health. You know, anxiety and depression is skyrockets when you look at your bank account and there's your net zero. You got nothing. They've opened your fridge, and there's nothing in the fridge. So all of these policies coming together, um, and, and these uh, you know these needs uh, really do in, uh, support our our students and and our population within Alberta that are are struggling uh, within our minority, gr- minority groups, and in, ensuring that healthcare is covered. You know, with uh, gender affir- affirming surgery. You know, uh, ensuring that uh, trans men who, you know, need reproductive health care have that access. That's something that's a huge issue still, even in Alberta. Uh, And ensuring that both tiers, you know, both uh, our public health care system and even Covenant Health, which is not talked about and needs to be talked about, uh, are still supporting they're publicly funded, so they should be publicly supporting the, all all the communities. They're there for a medical good, for the human good. So they need to be uh, doing that. And otherwise, they've they become obsolete. They have no purpose. So the, all of those together uh, are what I'm I'm hammering home hard. Uh, and uh, I think that those would you know greatly help our students and in making sure that we have the best. Progressive workplace safety uh, so that when, yeah, you know, we're going to work, we're not being harassed or bullied. And I think there's some great uh, policy in place right now, but uh, we need to continue to review just to make sure that we have the protections that we all need and uh, the support networks that uh, we need to, to do well and, and to, you know, uh, to survive.
3: For sure. No, that's, that's so important. And I know um, that's a big issue for post-secondary students, especially, you know, now that everyone's back on campus sort of post-pandemic, um, you know, we want to ensure that it's uh, we have a safe and supportive and accessible environment for all all of our students. So That's um, really, really critical. So that's great to hear. Um, to switch gears uh, briefly over to employment. Mm. So to provide a little bit of context. So access to summer employment opportunities is a challenge that students have continued to face since the cancellation by the UCP of the Summer Temporary Employment Program or STEP back in 2019. Students are simply not eligible for the current jobs program, which requires permanent full-time employment. In June 2022, youth unemployment sat at 10.2%, which is double the provincial unemployment rate of 4.9%. Students are heading into their fourth consecutive jobless summer with increased living costs, hiked tuition, and no government support. So how do you perceive this challenge and what strategies, if any, do you plan to enact to help students overcome this inadequate access to summer employment opportunities? Yeah, for sure.
4: Well, one of the things that, uh, you know, I've been saying is there's there was a generation in this province that gave itself tax cuts And paid for them on part by dramatically increasing, you know, tuition and other and eliminating important programs that help our students succeed, you know, in between school years and even afterwards. And so, you know, those those things are are such a huge barrier and red tape to getting jobs. So there was no reason that the government axed those programs. So they need to be reinstated again uh, and supported. Uh, they help create, uh, you know, a, a healthier economy, and it gives students the opportunity to get their their feet in the door uh, for different uh, occupations that are geared towards what their, you know, their career focus and their education uh, is. So we need to make sure that those are back into place so that students have the tools necessary to be successful in the workforce. So um, it, it was very frustrating to see that this has happened, and I understand that uh, this has hurt students, you know, are struggling in debt so you know not only are we going to cancel those loans uh when they're trying to work outside and get into those fields and you know it it helps businesses too there's a lot of small businesses that take advantage of these student programs uh summer student work programs that uh they they also were hurt hugely and so we need to get them back up and running there was no reason that that happened and uh, so the green party of alberta with jordan wilkie we definitely support in putting those back into place
3: Absolutely. And no, thank you so much for your response on that. Um, so for our final question, what is one takeaway that you would like students or anyone listening right now to have from our conversation, either about you, your platform, anything at all?
4: <laughs> oh, there's so many things. Where do, how do I narrow that down? <laughs> one. I know, oh, it's man. Hard. <laughs> you know, students, you are smart and you're going to make the right decisions uh, on May 29th. Uh, you know what, uh, you know, the costs are. You face them every day, you look at your bank account, you feel it when you're walking outside with your friends, when you're going to the grocery store, when you are when you need a break and you're trying to get to the movie theater or do something fun, like attend Stampede or, or whatever, and the costs continue to go up and there's less in your pocket. Your future looks, you know, glim when you can't afford to, to do the things that are going to help you get ahead in the future. So I believe you are smart. And I'm going to call and, and challenge each one of you to take a look, take a very hard look at every platform that's out there from every party and uh, follow your heart. You're going to do the right thing. It's tough out there. And, uh, you know, if I can say the Green Party of Alberta, we uh, 100% support uh, our post-secondary uh, students. And it's, it's so important that we develop a future that helps you succeed and for those who come after you. And so the Green Party of Alberta, we we definitely support you all. We're cheering for you, and uh, we do have a policy to ensure that your future is safeguarded. You know, we all need income security. We need housing security. We need education security. You know, we need income security. And these are the policies, these are the campaigns that Jordan Wilkie and myself and the Green Party of Alberta are campaigning hard on. And, and uh, so we're, we're cheering you on. We're We're working hard to... To, um, to win your vote. And I, we know that you'll do the right thing on May 29th. And so we just wish you all the best. And, and I hope you vote. Please vote. I, there's a lot of people that just don't make time. Uh, you know, I, Back in the day when I was in post-secondary, it was not on my radar. But I think now more than ever, this is the time. Please make the time. It, it's, gonna, it's for your future. And uh, so you take hold of your future. You take charge of it. You take that power back. When you go to the polls on may 29th and i hope to see you there
3: awesome well with that i'd like to once again thank uh green party of alberta candidate for calgary buffalo jonathan parks to the show so thank you once again jonathan for joining us today we really appreciate it
4: thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure to be here and meet you all
3: no worries at all so with that i will throw it back over to ali
2: to introduce our next song thank you nicole Um, Yeah, so over the mic break, we're going to be listening to Django by uh, Daju featuring Franglish and Jericho um, by Iniko. And you're listening to 9.9 FM CGSW. We'll be right back.
5: De mon nom de famille, mais ça prend du temps. J'ai même parlé de notre avenir à tes parents, mais ils m'ont dit d'attendre. J'ai fait tout ce que ton père m'a dit, mais il est jamais content. Et s'il décide d'être l'ennemi de notre amour, il sera forcé d'entendre quand je les chaînes comme Django, John, John, Django, Django. Je C'est les chaînes comme Django, John, John, Django, Django. Je vous fais les gènes comme j'en m'a. Tiens, tcham, tcham mort. Il veut nous éloigner. Donc il sort toutes sortes de foudestes. Et quand je lui demande quel genre d'envie il te faut, il me dit comme toi mais pas toi. Laisse-moi le calmer faut que son cœur s'apaise laisse moi lui montrer qu'il adore de penser qu'un autre t'aimera bien plus que moi il veut que tu te maries que tu fasses une famille avec n'importe quel autre homme que moi qui me voit comme celui qui vient lui voler sa fille pour te retenir il abuse de ses toi J'fais Être gentil, papa Mais même toi tu peux pas nous bloquer Donc on va parler d'homme ma homme Car c'est ma vie là et tu m'empêches d'avancer Je veux que tu portes mon nom de famille Mais ça prend du temps Fais parler de notre avenir A tes parents, mais ils, m'ont mais ils m'ont dit d'attendre J'ai fait tout ce que ton père m'a dit mais ah, Il est jamais content Et s'il décide d'être l'ennemi de notre amour Il sera forcé d'entendre Je ferai les chaînes comme jumbo, jumbo, jumbo. Je ferai les chaînes comme jumbo, jumbo, jumbo. Je ferai les chaînes comme jumbo, jumbo, jumbo. Yeah, eh. <mi respire> hey, Qu'est-ce qu'il faut que je fasse pour avoir dans son cœur une place? J'ai fait l'impossible. <losers> Pour que ce soit possible Il voit comme un bon à rien Mais dis-lui que je suis bon dans tout ce que je fais Dans ma vie je sais où je vais yeah. Contre ses choix je refuse je m'impose C'est toi mon choix et pas une autre Laisse-le croire qu'on pensera droit dans un mur Change pas d'avis de nous je suis sûr Dis à ta mère je prendrai soin de toi Avec ou sans son accord L'affaire je lâcherai pas Je compte pas t'abandonner Sache que, Je veux que tu portes mon nom de famille, ma famille mais, mais ça prend du temps de parler de notre avenir à tes parents. Ils m'ont dit d'attendre. J'ai fait tout ce que ton père m'a dit. Il est jamais content. Et s'il si décide d'être l'en-t'es l'en-t'es l'ennemi l'en-t'es de notre amour, il amours, sera forcé d'entendre. C'est les chaînes comme Django. C'est les chiennes C'est les chaînes comme Django. C'est Django. traverser avant l'arrivée mm, Même s'il veut pas valider, C'est traverser avant l'arrivée Don yeah.
4: Film and TV production training to the university community for over 25 years. With weekly YouTube releases ranging from the exploration of B-movies and cult films and video vulture to Unzip's exploration of sex positivity, NUTV strives to capture the stories of the university community. If you'd like to become a member or want more information, visit nutv.ca or swing by the studio on the third floor of McEwen Hall at the University of Calgary.
6: to stay up to date on all the latest happenings around calgary why not read the gauntlet we cover news sports entertainment culture and even local opinions best part of all it's free pick up a copy today or visit us on our website thegauntlet.ca for even more creative content keep it classy dinos
2: Hello, and welcome back to 90.9 FM CJSW. My name is Ali Samji. I am the former Vice President of Operations and Finance of the University of Calgary's Students' Union. Uh, and today I am joined by...
3: Nicole Schmidt, your former Students' Union President, which still sounds weird to say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So I'm going to actually toss it off to Nicole for the rest of the episode and come back for final conclusions.
3: Perfect. Thank you uh, so much, Ali. Once again, Ali is uh, running all of the buttons and switches behind the scenes. So we are very grateful to have Ali with us today. Um, So thank you once again, Ali, for your time. Um, With that, I am now excited to welcome our second guest of the day. So running in Calgary varsity for the NDP is Dr. Luann Metz. So Luann is a professor of neurology here at the University of Calgary and a globally recognized medical researcher and a passionate physician. Luann brings her years of experience and knowledge in healthcare and leadership to the table as a candidate. So without further delay, I would like to welcome NDP candidate for Calgary Varsity, Dr. Luanne Metz, to the show. So welcome and good morning. Uh, thank you very much. It's really an honour to be here and it
0: uh, feels like home
3: Absolutely. We were just chatting uh, during the mic break, and it's, uh, it's nice to have you back on, on campus. I know historically you are more, more on foothills, but it's nice to have you back on, on main campus with us today. Um, so to jump right into our questions, so to start us off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how your experiences have impacted your decision to embark as a candidate in this election?
0: Yeah, so thank you. Um, so I'm a neurologist and I've been practicing in neurology since 1988 and, uh, teaching, um, medical students and residents at the University of Calgary through the Faculty of Medicine. And, uh, I went to the University of Calgary for both my undergrad and medical school. So I'm very familiar with, um, with the place and all the challenges. And, um, I grew up most of the time in varsity acres. And although I left for a few years, I've raised my children here, uh, in, in varsity. So I have, uh, very deep connections to the community. Um, to the university and to the hospital, to Foothills Hospital um, campus, as well as the, to to some degree,
3: to the Children's Hospital. That's fantastic. And uh, in your case, so what made you decide to run for the party that you chose? So in this case, the NDP.
0: Probably a few things. Um, over my time in medicine, I've had a number of leadership roles, where I have. Seen what we can do if we work together and have a plan to improve uh, care to people um, with neurologic problems for sure, but they 're very general concepts that need that can be applied, and knowing that we can do things and knowing what the evidence is as to what we should be doing. And experiencing the tremendous work that can be done when we work in teams, um, both within your own area as well as always with primary care and always with the uh, patients. Um, then we can, we can improve things and we can fix things. And so knowing that that can be done and then watching the really terrible um, changes that were happening in our healthcare system that were going against evidence and making things worse for everyone and then seeing the way the um, government were treating the the wonderful people that work within the healthcare system um, at all levels, tearing up the physician's contract and seeing um, my colleagues fleeing to other places, um, the way nurses were treated, um, physios, OT, speech therapists being laid off in our education system, um, and knowing that there was a strong ideological basis for moving towards um, both cuts to the system by cutting the income of individuals as well as moving towards privatization. Uh, I felt that it was a responsibility um, to step up and try and move things in the right direction. Absolutely. I know
3: that's that's great to hear because I know there's been a lot of um, challenges related to health care, not only due to the pandemic, but also due to policy changes the last few years. So that's great to hear that, you know, with your background, you wanted to step up and run as a candidate in this election. Um, So I guess to jump into our next question. So what do you view is the greatest strength, but also the greatest challenge that Albertans are facing headed into the selection? And how do you plan to address this challenge?
0: The greatest strength we have is the people because we have absolutely amazing people everywhere at all levels. Um, um, The people within the healthcare system, within the education system, within our civil service, um, but in society at large. Um, Most of us really do have the same values, and we may have different perceptions of what should be done to get there. And so I think our strength is uh, if we work with reasonableness and present the evidence I really believe that we can fix the system and that is not just the healthcare system, but many other parts of our society. Um, the, the greatest challenge is that there's so much information, misinformation out there that sounds appealing and people will attach to it and amplify it. And, and sometimes the ideas that are out there They do sound like good ideas, but they've been tried and they have very severe unintended consequences. Either individuals are hurt or the costs are way beyond what anyone would have expected. Uh, An example would be a copay for a, a physician visit or for a Medications, even. Um, we know that that adds a huge administrative burden. So the cost of running a system of gathering the money is very high. So when we're trying to reduce administrative costs, it doesn't make sense. And that those fees have to be very high in order to overcome the, the cost of running the administration of gathering fees. And if we do that, even a small cost um, can bar make a barrier for people that really need that service. So we have to be thinking of the whole big picture, not just, well, I could afford it. But not everybody can, and the system actually can't afford it.
3: Absolutely, and no, I think that's important for Albertans to remember headed into this election. is I know, there's been a real shift towards privatizing healthcare in Alberta, so that's something that they need to be, you know, conscious of and um, look to candidates with sort of similar values accordingly. So that's really great to hear. Um, to jump into some post secondary specific questions, so um, this is a question regarding tuition that we've been asking all of the candidates that we've been having on this show, but to provide a little bit of context. So post-secondary students in Alberta are facing significant challenges with regards to affordability. So tuition increases have put additional financial pressures on students with a 33% increase since 2019. Despite the 2% cap on tuition increases announced by the UCP, which will begin in the 2024 to 2025 academic year, students are already facing tough situations regarding financial pressures due to tuition hikes. Many students are being forced to sacrifice their basic needs because of these financial stressors. So what will you do to lessen these financial pressures and support students at a time when they need it most?
0: Oh, it's really tough being a student now because when we think about it, you plan for what your education is going to cost you, both your fees, um, your tuition, as well as how you're going to eat and live, um, as time goes on. And all of those things have been going up. Um, it's not, it's, it's our students, our, my, you know, could be my children, could, but it's, it's also the international students that we attract here, um, who are also facing these burdens and very unexpectedly where we all think it's going to cost this much. And that's what we have to come up with. Um, What we are going to do is we're going to cap the tuition at the rates of 2022. So the rates that already have been announced in many institutions will not happen. The rate increases will not happen if the NDP are elected. And we're going to provide stable funding for our universities so that there isn't the pressure to be downloading more of the costs onto the students simply to be able to operate. So those are the two big things very directly related to students, but we're also going to be working very hard on general affordability and things that have very much affected students that we had in place and were removed are things like electricity caps, which were removed um, by the UCP government that will come back. And that affects rent that students may pay. Um, The cost of automobile insurance um, skyrocketed. We had caps on that. It was removed by the UCP. We will bring the caps back um, so that again you can predict what it's going to cost you. And we'll be working very broadly on affordability.
3: Well, that's great to hear. And I know um yeah, that's gonna have a big impact on a lot of, you know, students who may live on their own, may live in um, you know, accommodations, you know, outside of where their families live. Um so that's that's good to hear as well, because that's also very applicable to post-secondary students. Um, to jump into so another affordability question that we have for you is Alberta's ratio of loans and non-repayable grants for student financial aid is grossly imbalanced. Students currently receive significantly fewer non-repayable grants than other provincial counterparts. Student financial aid is imperative to make education accessible for students and to provide opportunities for continued education. In a time when students are at a breaking point from increased financial strain – how do you plan to support student access to financial aid and advocate for a more equitable balance of available government resources?
0: So we're, we will be working with students um, to sit down and have discussions about what is really needed um, to move forward on this. We don't have an exact um, strict plan on that because we need to have more conversation and find out what, what's the right thing to do.
3: Absolutely. And no, I think that that's um, important. So for context, for some of our listeners, we actually invited uh, Rachel Notley to campus uh, a few weeks back. So the Students' Union hosted a Q&A evening with Rachel Notley event. Um, and it was great to hear some of the post-secondary announcements that came out of, um, came out of that conversation with students. And I know one of those was a uh, review that was going to take place of sort of where to best fund um, different areas of post-secondary. But one recurring question that came up at that event is uh, mental health. And student mental health has been an increasing uh, concern for undergraduate and also graduate students on our campus. So one in two students say that they need mental health support, but many cannot access the resources that they need to actually get that support. Students need someone who will be able to help make sure that their mental health is a priority, um, so for you, obviously, with a background in healthcare, what do you feel needs to be done in order to better support um, not only Albertans mental
0: health, but student mental health on our campuses? So the immediate thing is that we will be offering to all Albertans, not just students, um, the ability to have five paid mental health visits um, in a year. So each year um, that will be available, and five visits um, may sound like not very many, but there is good evidence to show that that will um, be enough for most people, and often is a bridge to other services that um, that are covered other in other ways by the health system. One of the big problems that students and All Albertans have is the long wait times to get any help. And so this will help with, uh, with the bridging and be the whole need, meet the whole need for most people. Absolutely.
3: No, that's uh, that's really great to hear. And I know one of the the points that you've spoken about in the past was also on your website is actually, you know, working to address those long uh, wait times in our healthcare system. So beyond sort of that mental health support that um, has been committed to, uh, what are some other ways that you see sort of addressing or sort of lessening those wait times that Albertans are experiencing?
0: So probably the worst wait time that um, Albertans are experiencing right now is even seeing a family doctor. So the things we're going to do there is work towards the model that's known to be the ideal model for primary care, which is to develop teams, primary care teams, where there is a physician, but also a team of other healthcare providers, that could be nurses, physiotherapists, social work, whole variety of people, and who comprises the team would depend on the um, location and the population being served. So it's not a prescribed cookie cutter solution. Um, These teams would be co-located so that the story a person tells doesn't need to be told again and again and again. Um, And um, we realize though that that Wouldn't be something we're able to roll out immediately. Um, But in the immediate term, we will be providing supports for physicians that are in. Care primary care already so that they would have access to additional team members when they it allows them to take on more patients so that we will be able to immediately increase the number of people that have a family doctor to provide that hub of their care. Um, that will help with wait times in emergency departments because people will have somewhere else to go and it will help Bring in more preventive care, so that fewer people actually need to be referred on because their disease is at an earlier stage right. that makes sense, and
3: I know that 's great to hear
0: because I know um, on our
3: campus something that 's come up quite a bit is uh, wait times here, not even in sort of the general health care system, but um, here in terms of you know mental health appointments, but also Um, you know, seeing a doctor on sort of a walk in basis. So um, that's great to hear that there is a more sort of long term plan there. Um, So with that, that brings us actually to our last question of today. So what is one takeaway that you would like uh, not only students to have, but our listeners to have uh, in regards to either you, your platform, your campaign, sort of one one takeaway?
0: my takeaway is that we can do this we can solve the problems um that we're facing in, in Alberta in our healthcare system in our education system and we can improve affordability for people so that those of you that didn't get the the affordability payments we have solutions that are more sustainable and evidence based
3: That's fantastic. So with that, that actually concludes uh, all of our questions for today. So I would like to once again uh, thank NDP candidate for Calgary Varsity, Dr. Luann Metz, to the show. So thank you, Luann, so much for joining us today. It was lovely to have you on.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Perfect. And with that,
3: I will throw it back over to Ali to introduce our next uh, set of songs.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Nicole. Um, Yes, it is my honor to do my last presentation of songs. Nicole did mention this earlier, but this is the last time Nicole and I will be co-hosting the SU weekly show as our Terms of Office actually ended last week. So next week, you can look forward to hearing the new incoming, um, or not incoming, the new Uh, executives on the radio so uh, for the last time we are going to be listening to Stranger Love by Panu on 90.9 CGS CGSW uh, and yeah this is Ali Samji signing off
3: and Nicole Schmidt signing off for the last (laughs) time
5: Always in the sun